guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the Bald Eagle. And we've got the Prodigal Son. We've talked about him for episodes upon episodes, almost for an entire year, it seems. He's been on once before. We're super pumped to have him with us tonight. He goes by Cool Breeze to those that really know him. But for you, you may call him Mr. Beckwith. We are joined tonight by none other than Andrew Beckwith. How are you, Andrew? I think I would like to be the beard man. Are you, is it really sold that you're the beard man? I mean, it's, like, no, I, I haven't, I haven't trademarked it or it's not copywritten or anything. Maybe you usurped. Well, <laughs> uh, I see that you're wearing a beard. Uh, Lucas, Lucas is joining tonight through his telephone and so he can't actually see us. He's, he's away. Maybe we'll talk about that in a second. The reason I'm saying that is he's flying blind. He doesn't get to see all the visual cues. He can't actually, you know, pixel measurement, uh, the beards right now to decide who and forever is the beard man. Um, uh, do you have to comb it in the morning, Andrew? If we were going to go by like who's grooming and doing more maintenance, I, I mean, you would win. Thank you. All so, right. So, sounds. I, I concede. That was easy. So yes, I'm going yeah. by Beard Man. Wow, <laughs> that we are two minutes two minutes the, in. The only way, the only way, this is a good example of me stepping on top of you because I can't see you. Uh, the only way to really measure who is the ultimate Beard Man would be to shave off both beards and wave them who has the most of beard. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. You win. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, you got more of a, looks like a, do you have a, a whole beard going down or is it more goatee? Oh, no, no. I would not, I would not do a goatee. No, no. No. Offensive people with goatees, but. Did you say don't trust people with goatees? No, I said no offense. With oh, shoot. Oh, I just did. Hey, Lucas, what are you rocking for facial hair tonight? Goatee. Uh, just standard. <laughs> Goatee, quite proud of it. Oh no, no, I just my standard, my standard scruffy beard. Nothing to be, nothing to write home about. Okay, okay, uh, Lucas, why don't you talk to us? What are you doing right now? Where are you? <clears throat> well, I'm coming to you uh, live from one of the many uh, nondescript offices in the conference building at Camp Shiktahawk, uh, which is a Baptist camp, not a sponsor, um, up in the the. the the Bible Belt of New Brunswick up here in the Artland Woodstock area. Uh, it's actually outside of Bristol. If you want to get real persnickety about it. And we do. And uh, they asked me up here. I had, I had never been uh, to Shiktahawk before. I'd always heard of them, you know, in the camping world. There's not a huge, huge world. I heard of it, never been there. Um, but then a friend of mine uh, was on staff and asked me last year if I want to come up and do the camp pastor thing. And I, I did it. And it was a lot of fun. Brought up Melissa and the kids. And they get to just kind of run around and frolic all day. And while I'm toiling and sweating up at the pulpit, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I, I do do actually do a lot of sweating. But that's just uh, anyway, and then they asked me to come back. I guess I didn't sweat too much because they called me back again to it this year. So it's a camp of around 106 kids. They've got uh, the range in ages from ages 7 to 12, oh uh, guys and girls. So they cast kind of a wide net for me. Uh, so I'm trying to not talk over or under anyone. Um, but I, I think I'm think I'm doing okay so far. Well, I guess we'll see if they invite you back next year, and we'll we'll know. Third time could be the charm. The only way to know how you're doing year year over year is um, whether they give you internet access when you come back. <laughs> uh, yes, we had a thing where they I, I wanted internet access, and they were a little bit squirrely about giving me internet access. And uh, I do understand it's a camp, and they have to keep that locked down. Otherwise, the staff might go, um, you know, buck wild on Facebook booking and snap twittering and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, they did, they did let me know that there is a Tim Hortons. Not far a Tim away. Hortons. Are you kidding? You got to go there for internet. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, I have two things I do on the internet. I had to do, um, check my, uh, do the podcast. And then I had to do my online course. My online course is me sitting and watching. So that's fine. But I'm, I'm not going to set up this whole rig in a, in a Tim Hortons. Uh, looking like someone desperate for attention about his podcast, or I sip away at my small tea I bought, so I wouldn't feel like a 
whatever. Um, so yeah, you should do it. You should do it. We, we I could, like one Timbit, please. Your wife like coffee. We could do an extra episode, and we could all go to different coffee shops and then call in to each other. And uh, that there, there's a there's a, a pitch for a new podcast. I would whisper the whole time. <laughs> it's called awful audio. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And inconveniencing others. So you're at camp, and you're the camp pastor, and and is it going well? Uh, I think so. No one has actively rescinded their faith. So, I mean, that is you know, that's the bare minimum. And then we'll see if we can, you know, get some on the board, or get, get some W's up on the board for salvation. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I don't so Do we, <laughs> Andrew, do we leave that in? I don't understand. Hey, Google, stop. <laughs> My, you even triggered Google. That's just how messed up that statement was. <laughs> Would you like me to take it from the top? No, no, no. I think we're we're gonna leave that in. That that was a W. Oh, I'm totally fine with that. That was a W that there. Was a w. Good. Old, That's a podcast W. Old L dot. Uh, yeah, a- no, it's it, it's been going good. Um, a bunch of the kids I knew from last year, and a bunch of the staff didn't know a single name, unfortunately. I'm, I have 300 kids' names to learn at school, so a lot of those are gonna get pushed out. But I remember the name. I remember some, the remember the faces and some of the details and. So I was able to kind of, you know, build in those relationships and get to know the kids a little bit more and, and all that stuff. And yeah, it's, and I, I love camp. Like I, and I mean, Andrew's a camp guy too. And we grew up there and I think that uh, Christian camping is just so amazing one for what it does for kids, but also to me, it's a real like leadership development boot camp for Christian like teens and stuff. And, and I'm always impressed in Chickahawk. I was talking with their, their director, um, John McDonald. And I said, you know, I'm really impressed because your staff has a level of um, confidence when they're doing stuff, and it's really impressive. And 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 he talked about we talked a little bit about the culture they have here, and and it's it's a place that you know Christians can come and get far away from everyone, and and kind of start and kind of find themselves, and it builds confidence. It really built confidence in me, um, and just the stuff. And I mean, all I was doing was making desserts in the kitchen, and it was like the time of my life, sort of thing. So. It was cool being back here, even though. Oh, sorry, what was that? Those were the best desserts I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I do hang my hat on that. I, I just—it's funny because I was telling Melissa, and I said, you know, it's funny because I don't know this camp. It's totally different from the camp I've been to in most ways. You know, different place, different people, but the vibe is the same. Like it has the same feel to it as camp. Like you know kids running around, you know, uh, counselors being wacky, you know, uh, all the little cool games and the songs and the campfires. And it was just, it was cool to be back. And it, it's really encouraging to know that something I loved so much as like a kid and as a teenager, um, is being carried on all over. You know, I don't get, I'm, I'm in a different place in my life, but this is still being done and kids still get to experience it. And, and even, I think almost more important, the staff get to experience it and, and kind of build them up. That's cool. Now, Andrew, you Lucas mentioned it, but you're also um, a camp alum. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, camp was very big in my life, and, and Lucas kind of touched on that, but it was definitely, uh, I, I attribute camp and the time I spent there to who I am today. And, uh, and so I um, would highly recommend it if you can be involved in camp in some way, especially at you know, Lucas mentioned it's kind of like a leadership development uh, opportunity for young kids and, and, and teens. And that's certainly what happened for me. And I'm so grateful for that time that I had there at Camp Tlachadic. That's another that's another um, Baptist camp. Is that correct? It is. We like to go with the uh, questionable names and things like that. Well, I've always wondered, but now, forgive my ignorance. Are they Aboriginal names? I believe so, yes. Yeah. I think Tlachadic is like Chick-Tahawk and Tlachadic. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, And Andrew, have you, like you went as a a camper, as a kid and teen? Uh, So I went as a camper for a couple years. I worked on staff at Camp Tlachadic. I've also worked on staff at Camp Wildwood. Yeah. Uh, And now I'm on the the commission or the board for uh, for Tlachadic. Oh my my! Yeah. Wow, moving moving Big on time. up, moving on up. 
Which is which is funny because when we were on staff, you know, the commission or the board, it felt like they were these like these these people, you know, we never saw them or heard, but you know, whatever they said was law, and you know, and you know, yeah. it's funny. And now, and I was talking with someone else that's on the commission at TNT, and he was going through like who's on it, and I'm like, I knew I knew basically everyone, and they're almost all people from like when we were little whippersnaps running around camp. So it was really cool to see that uh, kind of happening as well. You guys have become yeah, the machine. The board, is, the, the board for Tlacadic is essentially this, all the people we worked with um, when we were there. That's like really that's really cool, though. Um, now I'm just going to throw my shameless plug in for Big Lake Camp as well. And listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna hit you know the, the <laughs> camping scene, uh, I can't I can't pass up an opportunity to mention Big Lake Camp. Uh, it's the Nazarene camp just 15 minutes away from me, just outside of Oxford. And we've got our family camp coming up. And then I'm directing uh, a youth camp uh, ages 12 to 18. And we're we're expecting, uh, Lord willing, you know, around uh, 80, somewhere somewhere in that area. And it, it, it might be my last youth camp for a while. I've been doing it now for... Uh, my goodness, I, uh, seven. Well, I've done it as long as I've been here. And then I did a few years before that. So I've probably done 10 youth camps, uh, nine or 10 youth camps and love it. I'm, my body's getting old guys. I get the big lake and it's, it's a really beautiful camp. I can, I can definitely say that. And it's cool. You guys have the, like the, um, like camping RV thing set up so people can come and set up there for a longer term. And, it, it has one thing a lot of camps actually don't, which is you're right on the lake. Like Camp Blackadick, you're like, like you can't quite see it from the lodge. And like I'm at Chicktahawk here, which has amazing stuff. It's really cool, but they don't have a lake. They have a stream that they've kind of dammed up and they have this little tiny pond called the Crick. And it's neat because they've got all the cool, fun stuff, but it's not very big. Um, but you guys have a big, beautiful lake that's just right in front of everything. Yes, so we do. Pretty, pretty sweet spot. Uh, we definitely have that big, beautiful lake, um, biglakecamp.ca for all your camping needs. <laughs> n- n- not a sponsor. Uh, shoot. It's funny because we're family camp is next week. And this is the first year uh, in a few years that we don't have a camper. We sold our, you know, we had a 30 foot camper that we had parked down there. And so family camp, you'd go there for the week and not a big deal because you've got the camper. It's got washrooms, a fridge, you know, beds, all that stuff. Well, that's gone. And Mandy works at camp. Um, she's helping out in the kitchen. And so we have to, she has to be there super early. And then I need to be there later for the morning service and the evening service. And so we're like, okay, what do we do now? Do we travel back and forth? We have one vehicle. So it's like, do we get up with you're, the kids? You're tent people now, Brad. You're tent people. I refuse <laughs> to be a tent people. <laughs> Put the seat one of us. What's that, Andrew? Put the seats down in the van. Uh, it's it's so weird because we're 15 minutes away. So, you know, you're close enough that, yeah, you can leave. But it's also, when you think about it, like back and forth a bunch throughout the week is, is going to cost, I don't know, maybe 60 bucks in gas. But to get a, to get a cabin is going to be a couple hundred, uh, probably around 300, a cabin for the week. And to do a tent, you're still looking at 60, 70 bucks. Um so we're like, what do we, and we're also in the middle of packing right now, the house. So we're like, okay, so now we've got to pack everything to go to camp for a week to bring it home and then repack it again for moving. And I just, it's a, fun for you. it's a perfect storm of crap right now. If I'm just being honest, <laughs> um, I like family camp, but it just feels at the moment, if I'm just, you know, if it's just us right now in the audience, which it's us and one, um, then I, I'm a little, I have a little bit of apprehension and dread. It would dread be the right word because of just, there's a lot of moving pieces and it's creating anxiety in my home. <sighs> okay. The nice thing is camp, a week of camp is kind of like a water slide in that there's a lot of apprehension before you start. And then once you kind of hit that first day, it just all of a sudden it just goes and there's no time to worry about it. You just, it just you're in it, it's happening and then it's over and then it was fun. Yeah, okay. We have not been on the same water slides. <laughs> this feels like a water slide made of wood. <laughs> right. Guys, this is a question from the road. I was listening to a different podcast, and they posited this question, and I've never taken anyone else's material that I'm really aware of 
and kind of rehashed it. But the question, the question keeps coming up now in my daily life because I find myself in situations where I go, hmm, how do I look right now? The question is this, is it possible to look as cool as you feel in shorts? So the question is, can you look cool in shorts? Let, let me just say this. I found myself in the doctor's office today sitting there in my shorts, cool and refreshed. And then everybody was coming in in like their jeans and, and their fancy clothes. And, and I'm sitting there going, I'm somehow underdressed for my doctor's office. And I became very aware of my knees and very aware that... that should, the, the knobbiness of them? Should I be wearing shorts? Am I, do I, can I look cool in shorts? I've got a trendy shirt on right now. Oh yeah. Teal with a pocket and some. Would you, would you please describe the shorts for us? Well, for the jury? Yeah, that's important. Um, they are black shorts with a, um, mm, with like, with a, I could start. with a dark, with a dark gray, uh, almost like a checkered kind of pattern that doesn't, that, that sounds, that sounds way worse than it is. Um, and then they just come right to the knee. Uh, what material? I presume cotton. <laughs> okay. Burlap. <laughs> please say denim. Please say denim. I don't have de- this. Is, oh, okay, hold on. I'm I'm terrified. This is we're focusing on. Do I, Brad, look cool in shorts or not? <laughs> I'm talking generally speaking. As a society, are are shorts something you can wear and look cool, or or is that a no go? Guys, what are your thoughts? I mean, all those old, all those old Navy mannequins pull it off. So why can't I? <laughs> I think it depends on the short. Okay. You know, I think you gotta. You, it can't be uh, cotton. Sorry, it needs to be like a, like a. I don't know what the cargo shorts made of, it, but not cargo shorts. Okay. <laughs> wearing cargo shorts right now, and they're so useful. It's a dad purse. We're not talking about usefulness of shorts. Talking about whether they're yeah, cool or not. This isn't the utility of shorts. This is this is the fashion. Lucas has chosen function over fashion. Clearly, you can't have cargo pockets if you want to be cool. Your shorts can't have cargo. And I, I am a person that wears cargo shorts, but we're talking cool factor. Well, but do you actually use them for the cargo? Or does the cargo go empty the entire time and now you're the guy wearing cargo shorts that are empty? All those pockets, nothing in them. Put my wallet in it, in the cargo one. You don't have your debit card on your phone? (laughs) Wow. Judgy McJudgerson over here. (laughs) Hey, I'm not wearing cargo shorts. (laughs) Ouch. I don't know. I feel like, you know, like surfers and stuff get away with it, but maybe that's swim trunks are wearing. I don't know. Like, yeah, but the everyday person's not a surfer. That's, that's very true. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind the way I look in shorts, but it's a summer look. See, I have to dress up, you know, not like in a suit or anything, but I have to, I have to dress up decently well for school all year long. So I crave, my toes crave being unsocked all summer Ugh, gross. and my knees. Gross, gross, want, gross. <laughs> gross, 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 summer gross, breeze. Gross. Not enjoying this. Flowing, flowing through my leg hair. Oh, and, my that's, you know, and to me, shorts and flip-flops are the feeling of summer. Except I can't wear flip-flops all the time because it's messing up my feet because I'm old and I can't wear flip-flops every day anymore. Uh, but I digress. I don't know. To me, um, shorts are a state of mind. And I think if you're in the right state of mind, you know, that's, that's cool enough, isn't it? Okay, so are you saying that the coolness is based on your own confidence? If you are confident that you're cool, then you're cool. I think isn't that like the secret of being cool or just being confident? Although there are some real weirdos who are quite confident. It's rare, but most of the time, as long as you're not a weirdo and you're and you're confident, you, you should be fine. All right. So Lucas is saying that shorts are fine. Andrew, <laughs> where do you, where do you? Where, where do you I fall? Just stand by, I stand by the, it just depends on the short. Okay. Is there, is there a setting where shorts are inappropriate? you know, that, whoa, 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 should not have wore shorts? Oh, funeral. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking. Both weddings, probably. But what, beach wedding? 
What about a beach wedding? Oh, no, not a beach wedding. Obviously, that's like basically short wedding. That's the whole reason you get married on the beach. Or shorts and fine women. Okay. Uh, now, not. I mean, we're trying to riff on this, but... In the course that I'm in right now, um, we had to, they gave us a question of how do we think Jesus would respond based on this question? And, and the scenario was uh, this person that went to church was dressed up in a suit and all that and said they didn't want to go back because they're more comfortable in a cowboy hat and jeans. So how would Jesus respond? So I, I responded how I thought. Um, and then I read somebody else's response on what they what they said, and they were like, "Jesus cares more about your soul than your clothes." And I'm like, "Yes, awesome." And and then then they go, "But we don't allow shorts on, at church." <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm like, okay. Did they see the irony in that? Or? Well, that's that's kind of that's where I was at. I'm like, really, um, Jesus cares more about your soul, but do not come in shorts. That is that, that is the unpardonable sin. And if they're cotton, uh, cool breeze here just isn't having it. Don't go to his church. Oh, my word. Uh, have For we the record, I wear shorts all summer, including to church. I do. Uh, I, I wear my, my nicer shorts. Uh, my roomiest cargo shorts and my, and my a nice, you know, not t-shirt. Usually I do a button up or maybe a, a collared shirt of some kind with my shorts and, and flip flops. Yeah. And I, and I, and I feel, uh, like it doesn't hinder my worship whatsoever. Maybe it's hindering someone else's. Are you a stumbling block? I could very well be. What? I could, you know what? I, I should sit in the back <laughs> with the people who wave flags. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Andrew, do you have anything else to toss in there before we move to the next question? I do not. Yeah, okay. Uh, guys, this one comes This one comes from Yahoo, and they ask a very simple question. Do you eat flowers? Um, I, I, I think they're asking for a friend. It's one of those, you know. Do you eat flowers? Just asking for a friend. I'm just imagining this person sitting over a bouquet of flowers they've just got, and they're like, man, can I eat this? And so they, they've taken to Yahoo to get a quick answer. So, guys, just tossing it out there. Um, any of you guys eat flowers? And I have. I, 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 have, I, I have a sense memory of what a dandelion tastes like. I don't remember eating them, but I remember the, the feeling of it. I think I've heard of dandelion um, like in salad. I'm not a big salad guy. Really, what I was thinking, the only kind of flower I sort of eat is um, is honeysuckle. You know, those, like, those, I think they're blue or purple. Yeah. The, and you can pull out the petals and you can, like, suck out the inside and it's, like, sweet. Yep, I remember that. <clears throat> so I guess I have done that. That's, that's about as, that's as close as I get to being a flower child. That, that's what I've done as well. <laughs> it was the honeysuckle. And uh, I don't... I don't think I, there was any other flowers that I've eaten. I've never had a dandelion. I think it's odd that you remember the texture but don't remember the taste. I think it's more from just like, you know, running around, rolling around the grass with a little kid and probably got some dandelion in my mouth or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's bitter. It's, oh, oops, oops. It's, <laughs> got in my mouth. Oh, I'm chewing. Oops. Yellow oh, I'm all chewing. My face. Oops, I'm chewing. Oh, my tongue's oh, no, yellow. <laughs> Guys, look at my tongue. I do tongue. remember it's a very, very bitter. Very bitter. Um, yeah. I'm, I hate to tell you, Andrew looks like he's just sitting there going, why am I here? This is what I gave my <laughs> evening for? That's not true. Okay, good. Even thought, I'm trying to think of my beaten flowers. The answer is no. Okay. Do you, do you think that the diet would benefit from the flowers? Like a diet? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not a not a flower diet. You know, I've heard people talk about like in the apocalypse, we're going to be just eating bugs. That that's the new superfood is bugs. And I wonder if flowers have any place in in there. You know, that's I feel like I feel like the I feel like the stems or not the stem. Sorry, I feel like the the colorful part probably has more like vitamin C. I bet there's more vitamins in the top part. Fair enough, Andrew. What were you going to say? I'm, I just wanted, I want to know if a buttercup flower tastes good. I mean, it's got a good name. Ooh, 
That's a really good question. Like, if I was going to try a flower, it would be that. Huh. All right, Lucas, if you could try any flower, what would you what would you go for? Uh, well, I, I won't say honeysuckle because that, that seems like too easy. I'm trying to think of a flower that I've seen and said, hmm, I could take a nibble on that. Uh, tulip, <laughs> no. You should uh, be a friend there, Lucas. Call your dad up. Get some, get some research. Which which one tastes the best? Um, you know what I would try? I know what I would try. I would try apple blossoms to see if they taste anything like apples. Okay. Then I'm going to go True Islander and go potato blossom for the same reason. <laughs> Do they blossom? What? They blossom? I, no, not like the TV show. I said potato blossom. No. No, I know, but do they blossom? They do. There's, there's a flower involved. Yes, there's a flower. There's a flower. Of course, there's a flower. Okay, is, what, describe it. Is it beautiful or only the islanders? <laughs> we. It actually hides anytime someone from away shows up. It only blooms in the presence <laughs> of a true islander. It sounds like some kind of plants versus zombies flower. No, man. It it is. Uh, it's white and it's a flower and and it's there one day. So then we. Basically, once we see the flower, then we spray it to kill it. And, <laughs> and then it's murder time. Yeah, and, and then we dig up those potatoes. Oh, my goodness, guys. Google flower. <laughs> While Lucas does that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our Not a Sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does it ladies and gentlemen, There's more to Tim Hortons than great tasting coffee. They work hard to deliver the highest quality products and services and strive to be a leader in everything they do. It's that simple. Their story? Well, it all started with a donut and a dream. Let's read more. If you go to timhortons.com and go to our story, You can find a Tim's timeline that goes all the way from the 1960s when Tim Horton, a National Hockey League legend, opened the first store in Hamilton, all the way to the 2010s, which we are in now, where they celebrate joining the dark side and getting dark roast and things like technology and using apps. But do you know what I find is missing from this story? Their Wi-Fi. Free complimentary Wi-Fi at every Tim Hortons so that when you need Wi-Fi and perhaps can't get it at your local camp or other place, you can go there. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I, despite not enjoying the taste of Tim Hortons coffee, still buy it. And their donuts. And in my opinion, nobody has those sweet, sweet treats that can't be beat than Tim Hortons. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're now moving into our questions Christians can't answer. Now, Andrew, it's been a while since you've been on the show. And I think way back when you were on last time, we were doing the Wesley questions. Does that sound familiar to you? Yep, that happened. That was a thing. Well, we went through them all and uh, did our best to answer them. And, uh, and so then we've moved on and been doing this thing called Questions Christians Can't Answer. And, and basically, uh, there's a website that we're pulling these from, and we're taking them as though somebody just off the street came to us and asked. And so we've just got to answer them with what, with what knowledge we know. Now, I will say this is we don't have all the answers and it's okay if, if we get hit with a question that we're like, that we struggle with. It doesn't make for great podcast audio. But the reality is, is that we don't have all the answers. And, and so, you know, we got a question before us. That's a tough one. Uh, and, and we can have just some dialogue about it. And if we don't come to a, a concrete conclusion in the episode, that's okay. But the, uh, the conversation is important. So <clears throat> with the Wesley questions, we did research. We looked up scripture. We did a bunch of different things with this. We just take it as though, as though um, someone got, you know, came up to us. So. I've said enough. Here's the question. Why did God feel the need to show mankind his love? And why does he need love returned from sinful, wretched mankind? If you were feeling good about yourself when you came into the episode, um, you probably don't now uh, because this question just kind of puts us in our place. Uh, So the question is, why did God feel the need to show mankind his love? And why does he need love returned from sinful, wretched mankind? 
I feel good about myself. I, I, think, the, I think the first part is, uh, is a little bit easier. So I will take it and leave the hard part for you guys. Um, basically, why does God feel love? Why does he need to show mankind his love? Well, it talks about God the Father, right? And he thinks of us as his children. He created us. Um, not in the same way we create you know, human children, but he still sees us. That, that relationship is the same. So to me, because he loved, he created us, obviously he would love us. Like, I love my children as well. Um, and to me, um, that's just a natural thing. If you create something um, that you want to show it love, and as far as why does he need love returned from sinful wretched mankind? I don't think he needs it. Like it's not like if we all stopped loving him, he would just like cease to exist or something like that. But you know, I I I love my children. Like I love all my kids, and it feels good when they return that love to me. Like it it, it pleases me, and I think it talks about that in the Bible. God doesn't need anything, but things still please him. Um, it pleases me when my son says, "I love you," um, yeah. even though. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need it, but man, does it ever feel good. And Lucas, that's kind of where I was going to go with this was, uh, the, the way that they've worded it. I'm not trying to just hang on their wording, but this idea that God needed to do anything. He didn't need to create us. He didn't need our love returned to him. Um, this idea that God is in need of something is a foreign God. That's not the God of the Bible. Um, however, Mm -hmm. God desires, which is, is a, a little bit different. Um, in, in my mind, I think there's a distinction to be made there that, um, that why does he, sh- and I think you really hit it. We, one, why does, why does he love us? Well, we're created in his image. We're, oh, I think we just lost Lucas from the call, Andrew. Um, hopefully he'll come back, but we'll keep talking. How's that sound? <laughs> We, we got our, yeah, we got our fill of him. Um, to me, I, I thought of this as, um, what were we saying? Oh, that we're, that we're made in his image and, and we're his image bearers. And so, you know, it, God also is love. The Bible's super clear about that. So of course he's going to love us. And, and then why does he need that love returned from us? I don't, I don't think that he does. I think he desires it. Um, because he wants to have relationship with, with us. And, and to me, um, to me, a relationship is a two-way thing. You know, it's that reciprocal idea. So, um, that's just kind of my quick thoughts on that. Andrew, what do you, uh, what are you thinking over there? My man, I see the wheels are turning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have anything, uh, um, super groundbreaking to add to that. I, I very much agree with what both of you said. And I like what you said about how our relationship is like a two way thing. Um, and essentially, you know, he really doesn't need the love returned. And, and Lucas said, you know, obviously it feels nice when somebody returns that love to you. And, um, I think ultimately we need, we need to return that love. We're the ones that need to do it more than God needs us to. Um, yeah, that. Of, that's a good, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's a really good point. That's though. Okay, that was all I had. Well, <laughs> no, I, I think it's good. Welcome back, Lucas. Um, that, that it's like, it's important for us to give that love, um, to God. You know, that's, that's part of, I think that's part of worship. What, what do you think? Would I be wrong in saying that? No, I think that's, that's right. Um, essentially, you know, that's, that's why we take that time to worship God and to express love and express gratitude. And, um, and so, yes, we're definitely the ones that um, need to be shown the love more than he needs to have it. Um, you guys will remember this. When I read this question, it immediately brought me back to an, a TV show that we used to all watch. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm outing us all on this one called Stargate SG one. Um, do you guys remember that show? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, good. Uh, so in the later seasons, after they defeated their main enemy, now, of course, there's this new, there's this new like um, supernatural enemy called the Ori that were like, you know, these spiritual beings that, you know, in their words, what was it? Uh, Lucas, help me out here. Hallowed are the Ori? Oh, no, don't say that. I mean, that was the catchphrase. 
But but they, oh, I remember, they ascended to a higher plane of existence. But what they found was that if they could make, you know, the people on Earth or, or wherever and all these other planets worship them, they could actually feed on their power and grow stronger. And so for them... Yeah, they, their power basically, there were cycles when people prayed to the Ori, like they essentially found a way to like suck that up and use that to power themselves and make themselves more powerful. Right. So I guess, and I'm not trying to be flippant here, but I wonder if, if this person's view of God is based on something like that, uh, that, that God needs that, that for it, that it, that it actually fills him up in some way or gives him power or things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that just wouldn't be consistent with the, uh, with the God of the Bible at all. Exactly. And it's funny when I first read this, like, you know, five minutes ago, at first I was like, I read, I was like, oh no, I don't have an answer for it. Why does he need to love return? For example? But actually the question is misleading because he doesn't need it returned. Like right. it's, 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 he, he enjoys it and he rejoices in it and, you know, he delights in it. But he doesn't need it. He doesn't need us for anything. We, he was around when there was no human beings and no anything and he was doing just fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think about um, <clears throat> my own daughter uh, and, you know, both two of my kids are, are huggy and very affectionate. Uh, the youngest one, Ruthie, she she can be, but she's not always. So I say like, "Hey, can I have a hug?" And she's just like, "Nope," and she just walks away. Uh, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's, that's fine. Like, it doesn't hurt me." But she doesn't do it. But then every now and then, you know, I'll be sitting there and she'll just like tackle me with a big hug, and I love it. And the, the word delight really comes to mind, and I really I really enjoy it, even though it's not like her withholding it from me, like you know, physically hurt me because I know she's not you know trying to do it that way. Yeah. Andrew, any any last thoughts on this one? No. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's important for us to end this question with this. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast and you're not a Christian, that you've you know you you would say I've never loved God. Uh, I think it's important for you to know that even though you've never loved Him, uh, He loves you. Um, Uh huh. And would and and wants desperately to have a relationship with you, not because he needs you so much, uh, but because you need him so much. Um, and th- for those of, for for those of us that are Christians, you know, have accepted Jesus into our life. Um, don't don't forget the Bible is super clear that the only the only reason that that we love him is because he loved us first. That's from the Bible. Yo, <laughs> so don't forget that when, you know, and the, and the Bible is super clear on this stuff. Uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us because of his great love for us. Even while we were sinning, you know, Jesus died. So no, make no mistake. God loves us uh, even when we are in rebellion and, and all that. So um, if you haven't experienced God's love in your life and you're like, this, this makes no sense, uh, all you got to do is, is just ask him to show you, you know, just invite him to show you what his love could be. Uh, it's pretty simple. So fellas, shall we move on? Tally four. All right. I really like this question. Um, because I can't wait to hear what Andrew does with his dirty dishes. Uh, this comes from Yahoo. So again, I feel like there's someone just waiting on an answer for this. The question is this. Do you ever do the dishes just by licking them clean? Or Andrew, what do you do when you're at a restaurant and you're all done with your plates? (laughs) (laughs) I politely ask the waiter or waitress to remove it from the table. End of story. Is it the end End of story? Lucas, I feel like there's more is, to that story. Is 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 that is that little thing why you put this whole question in the first place? Does it really matter? No. The <laughs> the question was in before we had Andrew confirmed. Well, it's funny because I think that this question is not a good question. To me, like, can you do the dishes by like the queen? Obviously not unless you're some kind of like animal. Um, I think the question is. Is it okay to lick the dishes clean, as in like not to clean them, not in place of a dishwasher or washing, but is it okay to like lick your plate? Is that that is supposed to be established as like 
a thing that is not polite or whatever. But what do you guys think? Like, do you think that on no, that? It says, do you ever do the dishes just by licking them? Yeah. I, I know that is the question. <laughs> so, that, sorry, the answer to that question for me is a no. I do not. I'm not so sure. I feel like you're deflecting. I feel like you're, tr- you're first, you're uh, trying, I feel like first you're trying to establish with, with the, with, with the fan base here and us that it is okay. Number one, to lick your plate. If you can get us on board for just licking your plate, it is a slippery wooden slope or slide, um, <laughs> to just licking them clean and putting them back on the shelf. What if you, what no, if- I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty laissez-faire when it comes to, to like, you know, dishes, hygiene or whatever, cutlery procedures. But uh, I've never licked a plate clean. What I have done, this is different, but it's maybe maybe it makes me a dirty bird. I don't know. Um, if I had like toast and it had no toast and it just some crumbs, I'm okay giving that a little wipe with the side of my palm and just putting it back. Like if it, if it's <laughs> maybe I, I might polish it with a little like a dish rag or whatever. But uh, yeah, that doesn't need to do the whole song and dance as long as there's no like peanut butter residue or whatever on it. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I missed. I missed every word of that. <laughs> oh, I was saying sometimes if it's just like a, a crummy plate. What? Oh, we got it. Like if you if you have a plate, yes. And okay, so you have a plate, and say you are eating toast, like buttered toast. And yep. so, of course, the plate has little crummies on it. Yes. But it doesn't have any, like, you know, sauce or whatever. To me, I have done it where I just kind of use, I use my hand in a, in a, like, in a karate chop, like, flat against the plate, and I, I, I wipe it off. Yes. And I'll give it a little polish with a little rag or whatever, and I'll throw it up in the thing. I feel fine with that. And I don't feel like I've done a disservice. I feel like I'm saving water. Okay. Andrew. Uh, I'll allow it. Oh, all right. What about taking like a drink from a glass, like a, a water? You've got a cup of water and you just, you go to the tap, you get a quick drink of water and now you're looking at this glass. You've only taken one drip, you know, one drink from it. It's just water. What are you going to do with it, guys? Dishwasher. 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 Yeah, I, I put it back. I'm sorry, guys. If it's just, if it's, if it's just sometimes. Now, if someone's looking, I will sometimes clean the top lip of the glass, but I haven't known to put water glasses back into the cupboard. What do you clean it with? Your thumb? (laughs) Oh, like a a sponge or whatever. Uh, Because that's not part of touch me. What, Andrew? What are you saying? Sorry. Keep going with your glass, dirty glass story. (laughs) Well, no, that's it. I mean, actually, what I do sometimes is um, I, what I usually do is I have a water glass for the week. It's a glass I keep by the oh, sink, and I, and I only drink out of I only drink water out of it because I hate the idea of dirtying, quote unquote, an entire glass just for water, which I'm going to drink regularly. So I have one of the kid cups that has like a cartoon characters, so I know which one's mine, and I drink out of it, and I leave it by the sink, and I just use that one. So I'm not. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum is my wife. Who every time she turns around, fills a cup of water because she's afraid we're going to hit a drought uh, without warning, and she leaves water glasses scattered throughout our house, and it's it's, oh, it's, she's it's just, something else. She's just preparing for the alien invasion. Yep, I love fine. She's she's planting flowers and getting lots of bugs and putting water in strategic places. <laughs> She'll so, do. I, I don't know. So. I'm trying to balance her out, I guess, but it's obviously not getting, I don't feel like the crowd is with me on this one. Uh, you, you are reading the room correctly. I'll tell you what I do. This is as far as I'll take it. If I slice a piece of bread, I will put that knife away. 100% wipe off the crumbs and slide it back in the holster. That's as far as I go, though. What do you wipe it off with? I hate to even ask this. What do you wipe it off with, Lucas? Side of your cargo shorts? <laughs> sometimes cargo shorts. Sometimes a dish towel. Sometimes I pinch it between my thumb and my forefinger and give it a little de- decrumbing. I call it a day. 
Yeah, that's just they make it more dirty. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, for any upcoming invitations Andrew or I may receive uh, to your house for supper, we're just going to, that's a hard pass. <laughs> I'm just going to bring a styrofoam cup and plate. Well, I feel like we need to, you know how at a tattoo place, they'll put everything in an oven and bake it first just to make sure everything is sterile. I need to, I need to bring yeah. a, an easy bake oven to Lucas's. <laughs> oh, my fork and knife. Let's just toss those in there for just like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to need a wet light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do know, I understand, and I recognize that I'm on the far end of the spectrum. But uh, to me, there's a big difference between uh, dry things on a plate or a knife and wet or sticky things on a plate or a knife. That, to me, that's a totally different ballgame, personally. Oh, I love that it's even like a thought. Like, like there's a there's a scale you raise. <laughs> <This is moist. laughs> <laughs> now, but here's I, I do want to delve into the second half of this question. So not like obviously not like cleaning the dishes by licking them, which I have not done. I am I am I have been found I have been acquitted on that count. Um but what about if you're you're having food and your plate and with, if you lift it off at the end, understanding it's going to be washed? Is that okay or is that is that considered rude? What, what do you think? How do you see it? Hold on, I just just to make sure I understand, I I might have lost you just for a second. So let me just give you a scenario. I'm eating cherry cheesecake and I fin- mm-hmm. I finished the piece, but there's you know some cheesecake and crumbs left on the plate that would still you know yeah. there, there's enough there that you could get a good dollop on your tongue. Yeah, uh, it you know depending on who I'm with, I definitely go for it. Yeah. Now I will say this though, yeah. I uh, the first thing I do is not um, initially go for that. I get my fork and try to scrape as much of it up first and eat like a normal person. Then do the whole song and dance, put on a show for people. I get it. Yeah, and and, and then when I say let's let's pray for the food we just ate, and they all bow their heads, <laughs> and I just I go for it. Now there's all, there's only two there's only really one thing that I care to do uh, the plate licking clean. And I think it's probably everyone's same thing, and that's pie. Um, especially you know you get a blueberry pie, and that thing just becomes a runny mess after you you know break the seal on the crust essentially. And it's it's runny, but it's delicious. Um, and yes, I will finish that puppy off. Um, especially if it's just like me or my family, I I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't do that the rest. So let me ask you this, because I wouldn't uh-huh. really lick a pie plate clean, but I would probably lick my plate with gravy residue clean. Ooh. That works. Okay. Uh, see, gravy, gravy, and like gravy was the one other one I was wondering about. But I think traditionally I haven't. I like to get my ratios good, so I don't have an overabundance of gravy. Um, okay. Would I though? I don't think so. I think just pie for me. I would never judge someone for it. I would never judge. Someone. Well, hold on. I'm about uh, to, I, I personally wouldn't do it. I'm about to. I'm about to say something that may change your opinion on judgment. Uh, okay. When I go to KFC, I order a small gravy just for drinking. <laughs> uh, question though: Are you are you taking a bite and then chasing it with a little bit of gravy, or are you just waiting until the end and it's shot? It's it? a like, gravy well, chaser. No, it's uh, it, it it's a gravy chaser, you know, with fries or whatever I'm eating. But then, I, like, I always finish my food first, and and then I'm left with the gravy, and I drink it, and then I try to lick it out of the container. It is a sight to it's behold. Like a, it's a special little treat at the end. It's a special little treat at the end. It's it's made worse by the fact that we're always driving when I'm doing this. Um, oh no! All through your beard. I'm not driving. Man, listening in the sunlight. Yeah, that's right. I got that gravy. That, <laughs> I'm on that gravy uh, beard oil diet. All right, fellas, we gotta get ourselves out of here. Uh, I'm looking for. Uh, it's almost like that. I can't. What's? Oh, is it? All right, guys, I'm looking for a sunscreen recommendation from you before we head on out. Um, now I'm gonna hit mine first because mine was first in uh, in the list. And then there was some people messing with the notes, not going to mention any names. Uh, So I went with Banana Boat Dry Balance because in their words, who wants to be a swampy mess by the end of the day? So uh, this goes on dry, stays on dry and keeps you protected from the sun. And 
you know what? It's the summer and you got to have that sunscreen on. So I'm, I'm tossing that out there. But Anna about dry balance. Guys, what about, wait, Andrew? Oh, come on. <laughs> what have you chosen? Uh, I'm sorry, Andrew. No, you go ahead, Lucas. Uh, I said the spray on kind, but for a sad reason. Well, it turns out that when your hair starts to thin, um, not only does it make you look less cool and youthful, even when you're wearing uh, Austin cargo shorts, but it also means that you can now get a sunburn on the top of your head because that's where the sun shines. So uh, I need to put sunscreen on my head now. And when you use the goopy stuff, it just makes an awful mess. So the spray on stuff, you know, helps me keep a shred of my dignity while I don't uh, burn up too crisp in the sun from all the UV radiation. Well, that's important. Andrew, what about you? Uh, well, I don't have a favorite sunscreen, but I will say that uh, I worked at a daycare for a little while and spray on kind was where it was at because we had to put sunscreen on all the children and they weren't your children. So it was uh, weird. Uh, so the less contact, the better. Uh, so uh, we used to spray on kind, and then except for then it became like poison or something to use the spray on kind. Yeah, we had to go back to normal. Yeah, uh, yeah. At our, at our early childhood center at our school, same thing. Like I see them like just gooping up all these kids, and I was like, uh, why don't you guys just spray them? Like we're not allowed to. Um, and the other thing that's worse is like you can't even buy like a communal vat of it. Use each kid has to bring their own sunscreen. Each and they have to group up each kid individually, wash their hands between each kid, and like, oh, what a rigmarole! Except it does smell like summer when you walk down the hallway because all it is a wave of like ten different kinds of sunscreen, uh, and I don't mind the smell. It's am- I don't have to do all the work. It's amazing we even survived as children <laughs> without without all these rules. Uh, I don't feel. I mean, it's funny. I can remember the taste of a dandelion, but I don't remember ever having sunscreen put on my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot tell you a single moment where I remember my parents putting sunscreen on me. I remember many. I hated it. Lucas, get us out of this episode. All right, everyone. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Oxford Club, or email Club at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, queries, or concerns. Uh, if you're using social media, throw up the hashtag OHClub. Uh, and please, if you do enjoy what we're doing, uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It means a lot. And share it with a friend or two. Um, and if you lose a five-star rating, we'll even read it on the air. And not only that, ladies and gentlemen, but if you want, you can actually call into the show and leave us a one-minute voice message. You don't have to leave a minute, even 20 seconds. But if you want to go the full minute, that'd be cool. And you can ask us any questions. You can give us some comments, any concerns, things like that. Uh, and you can just click the link that's in the description and, and you can just follow it from there. So until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.